Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Come on, thank you. Okay, so I had this thought before I jump in. Um, I had this thought of how much I love the prophetic and I love hearing the Lord's voice and how he blesses people. And so um, I'm just curious, is there anyone in here who has never been given a prophetic word? Raise your hand if you've never been given a prophetic word. Maybe you're a visitor and you're like, I don't even know what prophetic means. N- no one has ever kind of come up to you and said, I've never been given a prophetic word. R- wait, raise your hand. Come on. Right here. Okay. Anybody else? So one person. Anybody else? Anybody else? Mom, she don't know what that is. Perfect. If you don't know what that is, this is where you raise your hand. You ra- if you have no clue what white girl's talking about, you raise your hand. You know what I mean? Okay, so two people. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, awesome. Um, Chloe, come here, please. She, she, won't pre- she won't prepare for this, but this is how we roll. All right, I want, can you prophesy over this guy, curly hair? Can you stand up? I like your hair. Is that natural? You do that in the morning or you just wake up like that? That's not fair. That's not fair. I'm going to have you prophesy over him. And then mama, what's your name? Faye. Faye, stand up for me. Hmm. Tiffany. I know. I know. This is what I do. See, I want to teach y'all something real quick. I could prophesy, but then we make me the prophet and we don't empower people. So one of the reasons why I bring people into things is to teach you that you are as equipped as anybody with a microphone. You are as loved as anyone with a platform. And the moment you start to think, no, I can't do that. They have to do that because they have a title or they have a microphone or they have a platform. You actually stop walking in the fullness of who God's created you to be. So that's why I pull them up here um, because I love prophesying over people. Maybe I'll prophesy over you guys afterwards. But wait, can you stand back up for me? Sorry, I'm probably embarrassing you. It's your first time, and I'm embarrassing you. I'm so sorry. Um, so I'm going to have them prophesy over them really quick for those of you that are new, because I know there's a lot of y'all. Um, I just call this God's gossip. God has a lot of really great things to say about his sons and daughters. I have three kids. I got a lot of great things to say about them, and I love to brag about them. And, um, and so that's all that they're going to do. They're going to ask the Lord, which is why I've been kind of talking so they can ask the Lord. They, they ask in the Lord, Father, what are you saying about your son and your daughter? And then they'll give you an encouraging word. And the Bible says that you take that word and you test it. You test it against the word of God. And so if it doesn't match up in your spirit, the word of God, you're allowed to do what's called flushing it. Yes, like a toilet bowl. You just flush that bad boy out. You say, bye, and you don't partner with it, Okay. If it doesn't make sense to you, you just write it down. You put it in your back pocket. I have a prophetic journal, words I was given 12 years ago um, that are just now coming forth. So if you've ever been given or if you're given a prophetic word and you're like, well, that's a cool word. I like that, but it doesn't make sense for my life right now. Totally fine. You just write it down, record it on your phone, and you save it, and you, you go back and you listen to what God's been saying. And most of the time, there's a theme. God will say the same things, but he's real creative, so he says it in different ways through different people. And you go back and you're like, oh my gosh, the Lord's been saying this to me over and over again, but you don't know unless you steward the word you've been given and you write it down, okay? So that was like a 10-second teaching on the prophetic, so I'm going to hand it over to Chloe first. What's your name? 
Sorry? Hi, I'm Chloe. <laughs> um, so I felt like what the Lord was saying was that he has been bearing something in your heart um, for a while now. And I kept hearing June, June, June. And I don't know if that means anything, but I felt like um, he was just kind of saying that like you're about to step into something that like you've been meditating on and like ruminating in for like a really, a really, really long time. Um, and I also felt like there was something that you've been journaling or things that you've been writing down maybe over the past couple of months and the Lord has been speaking to you through that and to go back into that and different things that he has mentioned to you like in your alone time with writing things out to him um, and that's just going to serve as a confirmation for what you're about to step into and like him saying like it's time it's time it's time and so that was really the word I was getting was like, it's time and like, jump in, jump in, jump in. So, yeah. And what's your name? Faye. Um, I just saw the garden of your heart and the Lord coming to it. And, and it was the secret garden and he just unlocked it. And I, and I specifically saw um, these rose bushes and there were certain ones that didn't have any roses. And I felt like it re represented loss and the Lord just coming in as a tender gardener and like, and, and doing what it needed to do to bring new growth um, and re restore what the enemy has stolen. So I just bless you. Amen. Thank you guys for being bold. Hey, I just want to point out how incredible, maybe there's some of you that didn't raise your hand, but how incredible is it that only two people in this community has never been given a prophetic word and they're visitors? That says a lot about you all. That's pretty amazing. So I commend you for, for just being a part of a community and of people who believe that God speaks and that he wants his sons and daughters to know who they are. That's amazing. Because, you know, we could go to a lot of places and people be like, I say, what? what's a prophetic word? I don't know what that is. I've been here for three years and I don't have any idea. So that's a really big blessing. You have a really good church. <laughs> um, as Jessica said, my name's Nicole. I, uh, my husband and I are, are some of the pastors here on staff. He's the really handsome guy that plays bass in the cool jacket. He has way more style than I have. Like, I pretend to have it, but it's not real. He, like, really has style. And I remember when we got married, he had way more shoes than me. And I was like, a mm, little concerned about that, bro. But he just, he's a soccer player and just likes shoes. And I, I would throw out the ones I didn't like. And he'd be like, where did they go? I don't know. I haven't seen those in a long time. They done been in the trash for three months. <laughs> um, okay. So, so this morning, I, uh, I, I wanted to, sh to speak on something that God has been um, he's been talking to me about, and I'll be honest, um, I had a couple moments where I was like, no, Lord, thank you, but I don't, no, thank you, um, and then he kept bringing me back around, bringing me back around, and, um, and so this morning, I got a title, and you know that when we got titles here, they're real anointed, so the title, um, the title of my message this morning is called Convicted to the Core, I know. Come on, somebody. Convicted, convicted to the core. Um, 
when I, after I had my first child, I, um, Paris and I, Paris ran a CrossFit gym for some time, and so just by association, I was a little bit more fit, and um, never as fit as him, but I was a little bit more fit than current state, but, but after my first child, I started getting pain in some of the areas of my body, like my knee, my, like my leg would start to have some pain, and my shoulders, and it was so bizarre, because I'm like, well, I worked out before pregnancy, and I, I worked out during pregnancy, and I'm getting back into it after pregnancy, after my, my first child, and like, that's so weird. I've never had shoulder pain. I've never had knee pain. I'm not getting old, in Jesus' name. So I don't know what, what's going on, and so I... Um, I, I talked to a PT and I talked to a couple people and, and even my husband and I began to learn that if your core is not strengthened, if it's not strong, then it actually affects your whole body. And the first time I heard this, I'm like, yeah, homegirl's just trying to get me back in shape. Like, I don't believe this when the PT was telling me and, and, and I started to read about it and I started to learn about what it looks like to have a strong core and how a solid center helps all of your limbs. And it'll affect your knees and it'll affect your shoulders if this is unsturdy and unstable. And not only like, you know, around your core do you have your central nervous system and a lot of main organs, but, but if your spine, you know, because life is in the spine here, if, you, if your spine is out, it's typically because your core um, it is not as strong. And so I started to work on on everything, you know, core-wise, so that my whole body would benefit from it. Because if you strengthen your core, you'll strengthen your whole body. If, if you have a good core, you typically have a pretty good, you know, set of legs and, and arms and all the things. And I felt like this was a word for the church. I felt like that if the church, if God's bride strengthens our core, then we'll actually edify the entire body. If the church has a strong core, if we're convicted to the core, convicted to the core, there's nothing that can make my core unstable, then we actually will benefit the whole body. Now, who knows that the core of the, bo the body, the body, is the word of God. The core of the body, the core of who we are as believers is the word of God. And myself, as well as our leadership team here, we believe that the Bible is infallible. We believe that the Bible, that the word of God is without error. Matthew, I, I wanna share some verses with you real quick. Matthew 24 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In Isaiah chapter 40, it says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. In John 17, 17, it says, Thy word is thy truth. Psalm 119, the sum of your word is truth. And in Numbers 23, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. The problem that we face is, is if this has error, then God's a liar. If we don't have a solid foundation in which we stand on and grow from, then we have no fit foundation at all. In Psalm 11.3, it says, If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? 
Now, maybe some of you, maybe you're thinking, I, I don't know what she's talking about because of course, of course the Bible's true. I, huh, I've never even thought about that before. So then when controversial topics hit your social media, when you open up your Facebook and your Instagram and people are talking about things that are, um, you know, pretty controversial, you won't be shaken. You, you won't question because you stand on the word of God. See, if you believe that the word of God is true and that God is not a liar, then when we see things that come across, I don't even know, are there newspapers still? When you see things come across the news, <laughs> you, won't, you won't be swayed. You, 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 won't be, you won't be shaken. And there's a lie in our culture, and I don't know if it's just now or if it's been like this. I haven't been alive that long to know, but, but there's a lie in our culture that says love stays quiet. Love doesn't say anything. Lo love just stands back and watches and just doesn't get involved in that. That's controversial. And I just don't get involved in that because then you're going to be looked at as not love. But the problem with this idea is if, if, if I brought a bleach container up here and I started to drink bleach as if it were my water. If, I, if you knew there was bleach in here and I'm drinking it, I would hope you would say, Nicole, stop that. Whoa, whoa, do you know what's in that container? That could kill you. Don't drink that, right? Love doesn't go, well, she gonna find out soon enough. <laughs> Love doesn't say, you know what? She's her own person. She put bleach in that cup. If she decides to drink bleach, more power to her. Y'all don't even know what's, what's y'all don't even know. There, there is nothing loving, I just want to squash this lie, there's nothing loving about watching someone die. There's nothing loving about it. Now, now hear me say, I, some of us need more tact in the way that we communicate things. We need, we need mentors in our life. We need to be discipled in a lot of these areas. Because I'm not saying that we need to respond and be blah all the time. That doesn't, that doesn't always work. Maybe sometimes, but doesn't, most of the time it probably doesn't work. But love doesn't look like watching someone drink bleach. Love doesn't look like staying silent. Love doesn't look like allowing your God to be mocked. I would not allow my kids to be mocked, and you better believe I will not allow my God to be mocked. The Bible is infallible. It is without error. And if you disagree with that, then let's have a chat afterwards. I, I love this quote because sometimes people are like, well, wait a second. If it's without error, what does this mean? There's a quote that says, everything in the Bible is literally true, but not everything is true literally. Like when Jesus talks about him um, being the vine, like he, he's not an actual like vine. It's an analogy. It's a picture. And so there are things in the word of God that he's a, a phenomenal storyteller. Like he tells really great stories to get to the hearts of all of his people. Some of you, you know, you're more visual. Some of you, you like to just read. Some of you, you don't need pictures to remember things. And so in the Bible, there are different ways to understand it because God is a creative God. He's not an actual door or a doorknob. He's not an actual vine. But everything in the word is true, right? There's parables and analogies and figures of speech. We all get that? 
So I just want to talk about really quick the dangers. <laughs> I might be the only pastor in Orange County talking about this. This is amazing. Thank you, Father. The dangers of not believing that the Bible is inerrant. The Sadducees in, in Matthew, I think, chapter 23 or 22, um, they're not believing that the resurrection is true. And Jesus, he says to them, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures and the power of God. He said that. When the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, when, when Paul you know, was being chased from town to town because he was preaching the resurrected Christ, Jesus says, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. When we deny the inerrancy of the Bible, we, have, we no longer have a, have a basis for our teaching. If you do not believe that this is true, then don't even, you don't need to even come to church. Because why? They're just gonna teach from a book that you don't believe. I know. I believe that the church has gotta be so convicted that our core is strong that we are convicted to the core, that we are unshakable. It does not mean that we are without love. That is a lie. We squashed that five minutes ago. I'll probably continue to squash it over the next 15. You being convicted, you being solid in your faith, you having relationship with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, does not mean that you do not love. It just means this is my foundation in which I stand on in which I grow through. And, and I have to believe, regardless of my personal human opinion, I have to believe that who God says he is and what he says he's done and what he says he'll do is true. I have to believe that. So I wanna share two areas, two things that you will need or that you will know if you have a strong core. Two areas, the first area is that you will not be swayed by the world. You'll not be easily swayed by the world. That's, a, that's your first sign of knowing if you have a strong core. You're not swayed. And, and, and now hear me say this. When I say you're not swayed, I don't mean that it doesn't come without, ah, I wish that I understood this more. I wish I had a black and white answer or I wish that I could explain this better. You're gonna have those moments and that's okay. That's okay. You're going to have an uneasiness, but your core is going to be so strong that the body is only edified through your words. The very definition of conviction means a fixed or firm belief that no theory or clever argument can sway, can move. When you're convicted, you cannot convince me any other other way. I'm convicted to the core. I don't have to give you an answer. I'm convicted to the core. I don't have to make you feel whatever you need to feel. I'm convicted to the core. I'm going to love you being convicted to my core. You know why people in other countries are getting saved by the hundreds? It's because they're so convicted. They're like, I'll die. I'm so convicted, I'll tell you, one of my mentors, Natalie, raise your hand, girl, hey. She, she ministers in the Middle East, and some of the stories, I just, I weep, because she'll say, you know, her and her husband, Dave, will share that they ministered to someone knowing that they might die, they gave their life to the Lord. That's conviction. Even if death follows me, I'm so convicted 
Nobody can say anything. They can take my life, but I'm so convicted. I will accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Again, it doesn't, us being convicted doesn't mean that we need to engage. I don't want y'all to be getting on y'all's Facebook today and getting cray. It doesn't mean that, (laughs) Pastor Jesse, it doesn't mean that we get silly language and, and, things like that. Uh, something I practice, I'll ask a friend, normally Paris, because he's just like sweetness. I'll ask him like, hey, did that, did that sound really harsh? Yes. Well, how harsh? Like on a level of one to 10? Because I want it to sound somewhat harsh, but not too harsh. You know, just ask your friends. <laughs> ask Paris. He's like the, the kind. He just, oh, yeah. Opposites. Anyways, opposites attract people. As a minister of the gospel, as a believer in this house, we are to expose the lies of the enemy. We're called to expose the lies of the enemy. Like I would hope, and I try to give analogies so you better understand, I would hope that if someone is, is bad-mouthing your child or your spouse or your best friend or your mom or your dad, that you wouldn't just like... He would say, oh, that's so weird. I don't know my mom to be that way. Oh, that's so odd. I only know my child to be X, Y, and Z. Let's talk further about that, right? Like we don't have cutting language. We don't attack people, but we do expose every lie of the enemy. I believe that, that as we continue to share in love, as, as we see these controversial topics come across our culture, that people will actually reach out to you and they'll say, tell me more. Or they'll send you a really ugly message. I was gonna put one up on the screen and then I decided not to. They'll send you a really ugly message, but then at the end, they accept the Lord. They'll be so offended by what you said, but God will be moving and working in all the ways that he does. Because it's not by your power, it's by his. You were just called to be a light to the world and to expose the darkness and the lies of the enemy. When I was probably in high school, I didn't meet the Lord till I was 16, but um, I would say I was probably, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Here we go. I would, I would say, <laughs> it's not in my notes, oh, Lord Jesus. Um, I was probably pro-choice when I was in high school. I know, y'all, y'all be going to church, nobody be talking about these things, but here I am. So, so I, I think I was probably pro-choice. I think I would have said, if you have a problem, get rid of it. I didn't know the Lord, and, and so, yeah, if you, if you don't know the Lord, and you have a problem, and you're the God of your life, and you're in control, well, control it. Easy. And I don't know why, but I just feel like the Lord has put this passion burden on me that we are to expose that murder is okay. Because in John 10, 10, it says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's anything in your life that is being stolen, that is being killed, or that is being destroyed, you are to expose it because it's not the Lord. Now listen, I do not preach a word of shame or sin. I know there are people in here who you've walked this road in some really heavy ways. And the word says that God covers all of our sin. It says that he took it away. It said that he knew it before you even did it. 
So this is not a let's throw shame and let's make them feel guilty and let's do this. It, it is not that. I am so sick and tired of reading people, talk, reading on, on different news outlets and blogs and social medias about how, well, let's just love people. That's not loving people. The pro-life people this past week, I read something that said they're so extreme. Really, pro-life people are extreme because I think murder is extreme. I think it's extreme. I'm not going to have like a whole abortion talk. I will say, I will say, if you have any questions, I want to answer them for you. Maybe I don't know the answer. And I'm okay with saying, gosh, I don't know the answer, but I know, I know God. I want to talk. I want to invite the church to start talking about this stuff. Because who knows? If the church doesn't talk about sex, the world will. And if the church doesn't talk about marriage, the world will. And if the church won't talk about abortion and adoption and foster care, the world will. If the church doesn't talk about these things, the world will. The world is talking about all these things and the church has got, and when I say the church, I don't just mean us, you, we've got to start talking about these things so that we understand what healthy families look like so that we help people not get themselves in these types of situations. Because if you're not talking about it, then someone who doesn't know the Lord is talking about it. I believe that he's doing something in the church where finally his bride is going to say, we're so convicted to the core. We're going to talk about these things. We're going to love people so dang well that we talk about it, that we get a little squirmy in our chairs, as I can see some of y'all are. We get squirmy because you know what? We want the truth. We want the foundation. We want to know what God is saying and how he can redeem the situation because our God is a redeeming God. There's nothing that you could have done or will do that will separate you. He's taken away all of your sin and all of your shame. And if you struggle with that, then you get to release that. This is the good news. I am determined to expose every lie. Lies do not lead us into truth. It leads us into darkness. It leads us into those places where we sit with our shame and we go, I can't tell anybody about this. I can't talk about this because the the enemy has deceived me for so long. I've believed this lie, but nobody else has helped me get out of this place. It's our job as believers to expose the darkness. Because who knows, when you turn a light on in a room, it's no longer dark. When you walk into a room as the light of the world, you actually get to step into a spot where darkness cannot survive. It is our job to expose the enemy when he says that God's design wasn't good enough. That he didn't create you correctly to lie of the enemy. Because what I read is that you were formed in your mother's womb. That you're wonderfully made. And we have people around us not standing on that conviction. We get to walk in and we get to say, wow, can I tell you what God says about you? Can I give you prophetic word? We don't have to come in screaming like a bull in a china shop and being crazy. I've done it. It doesn't always work. I'll admit but we are to expose the lies of the enemy. John 10, 10, he's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And this is a personal tool that you get to put in your pocket if ever you feel like, wow, I just feel like my job got stolen from me. Wow, I just feel like this, this medical doctor just said this thing about me, and that feels like my health is being stolen from me. You get to go, wait a second, Lord. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life to full abundance. 
hold on a second. And you get to stand on the foundation in which was given to us. I, I know I'm probably touching buttons and I'm sorry, not sorry phrase because I, I just want us to be equipped. I want us to be so convicted that it's like a rally of, I know them and I know that they're gonna be so powerful. And the ways in which that we can minister to the entire world via social media is unreal. You don't even need to travel to places. You just put a Bible verse on your Facebook and someone's never read the Bible. Like it is crazy, you have a platform Congratulations, you are all ordained into the ministry of Jesus Christ. You have a platform, it's called your social media. And I promise you, it is wild what God will do as you begin to speak truth and love. It is so, you guys, it is so crazy. Follow me right now, you'll, you'll see. It's cray cray on there sometimes, but I'm convicted to the core of who God says he is. Some girl just gave her life to the Lord on my Instagram, not through me, but through somebody else who commented about a controversial thing and blah, 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 blah. I just saw it in the bathroom. Happens all the time. I'm not kidding. It happens all the time. <laughs> Ephesians 5.11 says that we are to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It's in the word. And if you believe the word is true, you take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead you expose them. When you are convicted to the core you won't get squirmy around these kind of conversations. When you are convicted to the core, you actually will step into a really healthy place of not caring what the world thinks of you. One of the reasons why I think so many Christians are silent when it comes to abortion or other issues is because they want to be liked. But I'm going to tell you what, the people that are going to like you are temporary. God is eternal. Don't, don't try and be liked by these people. It feels good, I know, but we're not caught. Even Jesus wasn't welcomed in his, in his own hometown. And you know what's interesting there? Where he wasn't welcomed, miracles didn't break out. You ever read that? It's like, and you know, the, I forget how it says, but it's like Jesus wasn't welcomed in his own hometown and miracles didn't follow or something. It's an interesting thing, maybe for another day. If we get our eyes fixed and convicted to the core, then we're steady, we're stable, and you're actually an example. You're an example of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you just sway, one day I'm here and one day I'm there, you, you, nobody wants to follow someone that's unsure. No, no one wants the, your God if you're unsure of things. Is this okay? <laughs> When the, when the devil tempted Jesus, you know, Jesus responded back with the word of God. Anytime in your life where you're feeling tempted, you're feeling distracted, uh, you need an answer, you need an answer to prayer, you, you need God's guidance. The word of God is the best tool. He will speak to you. I tell people, if you can't hear from God, read God. If you can't hear from him, if you've never heard the voice of the Lord, cool. He gave you a lot of pages to hear from him. Read this, <laughs> like read this a few times and then ask, ask God like, hey, can you speak to me audibly now? Read this first. He's like, oh, I've given you, I've given you a lot of pages. A lot of uh, people die and haven't read this whole thing. It's crazy. 
Paul could have stopped preaching about the, the resurrection of Christ because his life was in danger. He could have stopped traveling around because his life was in danger, because people didn't like him, because they were like, wait a second, I knew you as this. How did you, how are you now this way? And, and wait, you're, you're saying something really strong, and we don't believe that, and, and we want you dead. He could have stopped, but he was so convicted. It didn't matter. He was so convicted. It didn't matter. We live in the most outspoken time of history because of social media. It's the most outspoken, everybody got an opinion about everything, <laughs> which is really helpful sometimes. And other times you just like, I got to mute this person. They say a lot of things all the time. But we got to be convicted in order to stay steady, in order to, to stand on a foundation that is true and that is righteous. We got to be convicted to the core. The second way that you'll know if your core is strong is you'll, you'll feed your spirit. You'll know if you have a strong core because your spirit will be fed. Matthew 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that precedes the mouth of God. You can't just feed yourself, you know, in the natural. You have to feed your spirit with the word of God. How do you do this? You read the word of God. It's really easy. You get a coffee and um, a paleo blueberry muffin, and you sit down in the mornings, and you open up the Word of God, and you read it, and you feed yourself, you feed your body, and you feed your spirit. Second Timothy, I want to read this because this is really good. Second Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture." Say, "All Scripture." The Greek there means all Scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. The, the New King James Version says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in the righteousness that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right there, there's four purposes of scripture. I'll run through them really quick. The first is teaching. This is just simply doctrinal truth. Just teaching truth, right thinking about God and right thinking about you. You need a reminder of who you are, you read the word of God. You've forgotten your identity, just read the word of God. He'll teach you. The second is re rebuking or reproof, depending on which um, version you're looking at. This, this is simply just convicting us of our thoughts. Rebuking, we're all so scared of that word, rebuking. But I will rebuke my child if they run into the street because they could get run over. Like, regardless of my ideas of discipline, I'm like, whoa, you need to know that's not okay. It'll convict you. Correcting right here just means to straighten up back to the standard. The breakdown, the root words of that means back to the standard. The word will, will straighten you up back to the, to the standard. And training in righteousness is combining life events and instruction to actually bringing about godly life changes. Righteousness, that we would have righteousness, training in, in righteousness. When we are strengthened to the core, when we are convicted to the core, our spirits will be fed. We will be so hungry for our spirits to be fed over and over again. Who knows that Sunday's a snack? Sunday morning, if this is all you're getting throughout the week, you're just getting a little snack. You need a full meal. 
You need to be fed every single day. And you will have everything that gets in your way. I got to get to work or I'm running late or my kids. Trust me, I'm right there with you. It's like, whoa, where did the time go? Just two minutes before you even get out of bed. When you're on the toilet, I don't care. Like get in the word of God. Start with one minute. I promise you it'll change to five and then 10 and then 15. Start with one minute. Just one minute. Start your little timer on your iPhone, 60 seconds, and just read as much as you can in one minute. If you start there, your spirit will start to align with its hunger, and you'll start to stir up more hunger. You'll stir it up. Wow, Sunday wasn't enough. They preached a great word, but that wasn't enough. I need more worship. I need more word. I'm still hungry. It's Tuesday, and I still want more. It's Saturday, and I still want more. I know Sunday's tomorrow, but I still want more. Just start with a minute. We put all these expectations on us. I used to do this. I would get my Bible out and I'd get a commentary out, maybe two or three commentaries at Bible college. And I would get my notepad out and I would get a certain kind of pen and I would get this thing and I'd have all this laid. I didn't take me 30 minutes to just get set up. And then I'm like, well, 30 minutes have passed. Now I don't even know where to start and I feel overwhelmed and I want to take an hour of notes, but I don't have time for that. Girl, please. You just, just open the word and read a verse. Just read a verse, just one verse. And it'll begin to do something. You'll start to see transformation in your life. I promise you. I promise you of this. This word is really, really good. This word is a really good meal. And, and, and the more that you read this, the more that you will be able to stand in a place of love. When topics, and I'm not just hitting on, on abortion this morning, on, on anything. You'll go, huh, I've never thought about that. Let me open up the word and see what it says. I have this conversation over Instagram all the time. People from all over the world, they'd be messaging me some crazy things. I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you in 10 minutes. And I just go to the word or I'll say, oh, you know what? I could totally see how that would make sense to you. Here's what I believe. And it's okay that people... It's not okay because we want everybody to be saved. But you're going to have people in your life who are going to disagree with you. Can we be okay with disagreement? Paul had disagreement. Jesus, disagreement. John the Baptist, mother of Mary. Everybody has some disagreement. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. Because when you're convicted, when you've read the word and you're so convicted of what the word says, it does not matter I had a conversation with someone yesterday, the day before or something, and I said, it's not about my opinion. I'm not God. I'm not in control. My opinion is that everyone would want to feel loved and taken care of and get rid of any issues in their life that they don't want to deal with. Sounds normal. The problem is the God that I serve has something to say about this, and it's not about my opinion, and it's actually not about my judgment. It's about the word of God. And where I stand. And where I, what I believe that God is saying about this. And it's not always a fun conversation. And it, it doesn't always feel great. But guess what? We have the good news. And it's good news. We, I, I've, I've got to minister to so many people who've done things in their life. And, and I've got to minister to them and say, whoa, guess what? God gets to deliver you from your shame. Whoa, guess what? God forgives you. The word says, if you accept the Lord as your savior, if you believe he walked to the earth, that he died on the cross, that he rose again and he reigns in heaven, you are forgiven. This is really good news. But where the world would say, well, you're just judging me. 
Well, that's just your opinion. You get to say, you know what? I could see how you'd feel that way. But this is the word of God in which I stand on. And I hope you feel loved. And I want you to know that God can take away all that shame. He can take away all that pain. But this is where I stand because I'm convicted. My core is so strong in who God says he is because he can take it all away. And I believe that if 12 people can change the world, disciples, and we got however many in this room, if we would all be convicted to the core, if we would walk in love and in truth, a lot of people would be like, just walk in love, and they've got a skewed version of what love is. It says you are to walk in love and truth. Truth. I believe if, if all of us began to walk in love and truth, God would do some crazy things in this region and all over the world just through you, just through your conviction. I stand before you, and, and I can confess that I've had family um, disown me for my beliefs. This isn't like, oh, Nicole, it's painful. It hurts. Today, it hurts that they've said, I disagree with you so much that I want nothing to do with you. It hurts. But guess what? I report to God. And I have eternity with him and not them. And it pains me. And it will pain you. Someone that mentors our leadership team, they said, you know, there's always pain for the purpose. There will be pain towards your purpose. And I, I by no means ever want to preach a word that is against reconciliation. I believe that God is the God of reconciliation and that in time he brings light to things and he convicts other people. He will cover you. He protects you. The word says he's our protector. So even when people are standing against you and you feel like, well, I just lost my best friend or I just lost my boyfriend or I just lost my mom or my dad or my sister or my brother, God, it's God's job to protect you and to convict them. You know that? It's not your job. You're not the savior. It's your job to stay rooted and founded in the truth of the gospel. And when we start to sway against this, you're now, you're not reliable. I'm not saying you need to have all the answers. You just read the word and you get to say, you know what? I have no idea. But boy, do I know how good God is. He's a good God. Let me tell you testimony about this time. He was so good in my life. People are used, I'm, I'm gonna wrap up here in just a second. People are so used of their shame being exposed and nothing being done about it that they hide it. People are so used to being yelled at or criticized and no follow-up. When we began to speak truth and love, we actually get to walk next to the person who's hurting and we say, I know you've walked through this. And I want to tell you, it is not judgment that I come with. It is with the power of God. It is by the love of the Father that he can wash this all away. You'll start seeing people give their life to the Lord left and right. Shame and pain hurt. And it's not God. It's the enemies. To kill, steal, and destroy that person and to divide. If there's division in your life, is that God? No, you just stand on the truth of who God is and in and out of season. 
You believe in him and you trust that he brings reconciliation. And you love and you love in truth and you love. So I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to stay after service a little bit um, and answer any questions that you might have. I want to pray. I want to pray boldness over us. I want to pray that, that we would be a people that's, that's convicted, that we're convicted to the core, that we're unshakable, that we're unmovable, that though we might be smothered in controversy severely against Christ, that we would stand on the foundation of who he says he is and who he calls us to be. So, yeah, Father, I just thank you, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, I thank you that you cover every sin. (laughs) Lord, I thank you that you've taken care of everything on the cross, Father, that we rejoice in the newness of life, God. Lord, I thank you that there is no burden too heavy for you to handle. And right now, Father, I pray for the women in this room that might be carrying sin and shame in their life from their, from their past. God, right now, I just pray deliverance over them in Jesus' name. Right now, I just pray for a covering over them, Father God. Father, just pray right now you would just touch them. You just put your hand on their head, Father. They would start to feel the tangible presence of you, Father. I just believe God's ministering. I wasn't even planning on going here, so forgive, forgive me, maybe. Uh, I just feel like God wants to minister to several of you right now. Some of you, you've been really offended, and I feel like God wants to minister to you too. Yeah, God, would you just right now, Lord, would you just surround them? I was praying this morning, Lord, just have your angels minister, because angels are really sweet and kind, and they do a great job. And, And then someone came up to me this morning, they said, angels are posted up all around this room. And I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. So I believe that there's an angel over each of you right now just ministering to you, ministering to the areas that you've not released to the Lord. It is not your job to carry any burden. It is not your job to carry any shame. So right now, I just rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. And Father, I just, yeah, I continue to pray for boldness. Lord, that we would be a bold people, that we would be convicted to the core, that people would look at everyone in this room and they would say, gosh, they love so well. They speak truth so well. They have such a grace on their life to share the Bible and to share Jesus. Right now, Father, I just just ask that you would give a megaphone to people in this room, God, that they would begin to speak in truth and love in such a profound way that the world would be changed. I pray that the world would be changed by the mouths in this room, by the lives in this room. Yeah. And I just, just out of, um, an, uh, just an act, I want you to raise your hand. If you are like, you know what? I want to have boldness. I want more boldness. I want, actually, I want to be able to speak in truth and love. Maybe I've not done it really well, or maybe I feel like I'm supposed to do this. And, and, and maybe I just need a little bit more grace. I want you to just raise your hand high. I'm not even going to look at y'all. Just raise your hand as like, Lord, that's me. Father, that's me. So God, right now, all the hands that are raised, Lord, 
Father, I just thank you that you're giving them a, a graceful voice, God, that you're giving them a powerful voice, God, that you're giving them a kingdom voice, God, that the entire region would be changed because of the microphone that you're putting on them right now, Father. And Lord, right now, I just thank you, Father, for reconciliation in our lives, God, that if there are any relationships where we've messed up, where we've said something that was in judgment or was in pain or in shame, Father, right now, I just pray that you would begin to mend those relationships. And Lord, every hand that is held high right now, Father God, I just ask that you send an angel to minister to them and just tell them what to say and when to say it, Father. I just see a picture of, of, you can put your hands down, but I saw a picture of your, when your hands were up, he, he was like tying, it was like a, a, one of those reminders, you ever see those pictures where on, on the finger there's like a knot, and it's like, don't forget, I saw this uh, thread tied around your fingers, and it was like tied to his fingers, like every move that you make is literally his movement, and everything that comes out of you is literally connected to him, not only in the spiritual, but in the natural, so Lord, I thank you that we are so convicted, that we are so so connected that we are in relationship with you Lord that we hear from you that we are guided by your Holy Spirit father that you put us in situations that are really good for the kingdom and for the person I pray for salvations right now for every person standing that you will lead someone to the Lord this week I pray that everyone in this room you gonna lead someone to the Lord this week I know some of y'all are thinking that's crazy, and it is, but God's crazy good. So every person in this room, I just feel like you're supposed to share the gospel with someone this week. You just, you just share your testimony on Facebook. You just share a video. You just share with a friend at coffee. You just start off, you say, listen, this is what God did in my life. It's so crazy, but look at what he's done. And people are going to be drawn to the power of the testimony coming out of your mouth because you're connected to the king. So Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this region. Lord, I thank you for each person in this place, what you're doing in their life personally, that you see everything. God, we give you praise this morning. We thank you for the boldness. We thank you for the boldness. In Acts, it says that when they, when they began to pray for boldness, the room shook and they went out with boldness with fearless confidence. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for fearless confidence in Jesus' name. All right, high five somebody next to you. Say you're awesome. I'm gonna be up here with any questions, with any thoughts. I love you all. Apparently, you gotta pick up your kids or they're gonna be given coffee, so that's a big deal. And then our prayer team, if you wanna come on up, our prayer team's gonna be up here to pray for you. Okay, see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.